Here you go, boys. Say, you both look like you got a furfy or two to tell. G'day, everyone, and welcome to Crackin' Furfies, the podcast where we crack some furfies over some cold ones. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and joining me along the bar are my good mates, Ash, Dan, and Tom. Boys, how are we going? A lot better than Ash by the looks <laughs> <Yep>. of it. <laughs> yeah. No, I see. You might think that that was hangover resultant, that recline in my chair and glaze, glassy eye look. But it was actually due to our new countdown timer, which was, might I say, very serene. <laughs> it was. It was. Very chill. Very chill. Put me in a nice zen headspace. I guess I just... Any... Oh, sorry, Ash. I was just going to say, I think any trace of hangover <laughs> has just evaporated from my body. Well, thank God for that. <laughs> So you had a big night on the Terps, is that what we're saying? Oh, I feel like if I had have drank mineral turpentine, I'd be in a better state than I am now. <laughs> mm. So was this one of those occasions where, you know, there was a bit of a something special to celebrate or was it just sitting in your bedroom playing Call of, du- <laughs> Call, playing Call of Duty or something like that? No, it was um, <laughs> a going away of sorts for me and my housemates because oh, cool. I have been approved for my border crossing and... All things going smoothly. I should be in Adelaide on Thursday night. Very cool. So, yeah, I guess give the listeners a bit of an update. We've been sort of going over the last few episodes of where you're at. So you're finally there. Almost. It's been such <laughs> a head fuck from start to finish. But we've, I'm at the last hurdle now. As long as well, we've just been told by Tom that there was a confirmed case in Mount Gambia. And as long as that doesn't cause any issues, then I should mm. be good to go. Basically, though, it... Has I've been screwed over again right at the last step. So I was meant to... The idea was I was meant to be going to South End to do my quarantine and quarantining in a house down there that my mum has just spare for what it, for other reasons at the moment. So I was going to have a whole house to myself for 14 days. But now, instead, I have to drive to Adelaide to quarantine in a hotel room for 14 days. So instead of a five-hour drive and a whole house to myself for 14 days, I now get to do a ten and a half hour drive to have a hotel room. Mm. And then I have to do a five hour drive once I get out of quarantine to get back to Millicent, Mount Gambia. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's frustrating because you'll be way safer and all that in your own house. In the house. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I understand that it is difficult to police because it's in a very small country town. Yeah, yeah. But I know that they'd have no way of confirming like how trustworthy I am, but I'm not. I wouldn't fuck around. Like I do the right thing, but they obviously like in their perspective they can't risk that sort of thing, especially with how many cases there are in Victoria at the moment. I understand it, but it is very frustrating. Yeah, just uh, to the policeman out there, Ash Wallace doesn't fuck around. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> and I spoke to them as well because like there's no contact with them at all until somebody rings you at the end to discuss your quarantine. I said to them and I was like, look, I put down to do home quarantine. What's the deal? And they were like, yeah, you can try to um, get in for home quarantine if you do the application again, but you have to start from the start. And it took me like six weeks to get an answer. Oh. I was like, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. Mm. I'm just going to do the hotel quarantine. On the plus note, it is free. Oh, it's free. That's, oh, that's good. good. Yeah, yeah, that is. Yeah. Because it could be thousands of dollars if you had to bring it up out of your own pocket. So that's good. Yeah. Mm. They did say that's subject to change, so they can change that. Hopefully they don't before I'll I'm change there. that on like day number 13 for you. Yeah. Just to mix it up. I think as long as I'm 
in there before they change it, then I probably still wouldn't have to pay though because like some people would probably cancel it and pull out if they like found out that they were going to have to pay for it. So I don't know. Hopefully, fingers crossed, I don't end up having to pay. Yeah, keep the money in your own pocket and they get your tax money to go somewhere to your yeah, motel exactly. room for a couple of weeks. <laughs> what about you, Dan? What have you been up to? Uh, I've pretty much been on holidays. I am just Ooh. waiting for a contract to come in from, from my new job. Um, I've, they completed the rule of reference checks this week, which is just basically box checking. They've pretty much already offered me the job, and I'm just kind of hanging around waiting for a contract to pop up in my emails. But for the next week, I am in the bridal party of a wedding next weekend, next Saturday. So got a wedding rehearsal tomorrow for, tomorrow after afternoon tomorrow evening and then do getting gearing up for that during the week yeah i guess you got a bit more of the practice for um being in the bridal party since uh you know there's a bit more to that role bridesman this time instead of a groomsman so yeah what'd you have to do at mine you just have to stand around and look pretty basically stand around and stand (laughs) in a straight line (laughs) i think we ordered ourselves in order of height instead of any particular order but it's not going to be the way your wedding was nice and relaxed i don't think this one will be quite as relaxed but a bit more uh, going on are they able to f- write gotta write a speech for it at the last moment as oh, well because yeah. the maid of honor is currently in two minds whether she's going to be able to do it or not but what just like nervous ner- nervous and apparently very busy with uni that's always what you want to hear from your maid of honor yeah just like yeah I'm a bit busy a bit busy man <laughs> <laughs> i know this is like the biggest day of your life but i'm just a little bit busy <laughs> so, so, so yeah because we <laughs> The wedding's at a golf course, so we're like, oh, yeah, I oh, nice. might miss the speech. I'll go 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 for a quick nine instead. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit, a bit busy. I've got a fucking uh, score and to beat. And then I'm going to play golf. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bloody snowed under, lads. Poor Patrol movie just came out. <laughs> yeah, I dare say you've been to go and see that, Tom, with the kids. Uh, yeah, have you? L- literally like half an hour we got home from watching the Poor Patrol movie. I don't know what's wrong with me because I almost cried in that movie. Oh, it's a good <laughs> it's it's a a children's film. Mask. It's a banger. Mm. Mate. I mean, let's be honest. Bambi was a children's film. And Fox and the Hound, like. Yeah, yeah. Paddington 2. Paddington. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure I'd put those in the same league, but yeah, sure. But um, yeah, I. Uh... <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I almost cried in the Paw Patrol film. It was, it was a wild ride. Uh, and we're all laughing now because Drew has just brought our names up on the screen. They are I, Drewby. I am shell of a man because I am incredibly hungover. And then Dan is also not Ash. And Tom is positively not Ash. <laughs> uh, Slightly better. It's like, oh, well, at least we know they're not Ash. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, Dan, what are you drinking? So I, I assume Ash I, is drinking nothing since he's feeling pretty sick on it. But Actually... Uh, I've got a can open oh, when I was doing my Zoom chat that I couldn't oh, he's finish. He's gone for the hair of the dog. Um, so I'll try <laughs> to have a few sips and we'll see how it goes. So what was uh, it? You showed the can, but for the audio listeners, what is it? Uh, it is Nelson County. It's a very cheap bourbon. <laughs> very uh, nice. No sugar, if I remember correctly. Yes, ah, yes. yes. I prefer the no sugar cans because I just they're not as sweet and I like them yeah. better. Yeah. Right. I've got something a bit more experimental today. Got... Green Beacon Cafe Creme Brulee Pastry Stout. Pastry Stout. Okay. Uh, I've got I've got a, got a nice <laughs> I've got a got a DOS Blockos here on draft on backup in case this turns out to be trash. But 
I like the oh, idea of you saying like I've got something very experimental, and then your camera pans around like I'm testing nuclear fission. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm doing that in the other room. I can't. Uh, very sensitive to cameras. That's why the bathroom's closed off this week. Lads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to see what's going on back there. He's taken the clothes down. He shut the bathroom door. <laughs> the only no thing we can this time, boys. The only thing we can judge him on is his book collection back there. Like, oh, are you seriously reading? Um, have you not read the last Harry Potter book? Like, for, for real, man? <laughs> I saw like a fair amount of Dan Brown there. I got the gist. You got the gist of it, yeah. Also, I'm normally streaming this to my Twitch channel, and that's how we had that real funny guy in the chat last week. But um, I'm not doing that this time because I am of no certainty that I'm going to hold out for the entire podcast. So I thought I probably better not stream it <laughs> in case I have to bail. He might have to go home early, ladies and gentlemen. He's feeling a bit crook. Go home from the pub to have a quick vomit. I've already done that a few times today. <laughs> I can tell you what, Ash isn't going to be impressing the rep today at all. No, no the rep would be very unimpressed. the rep's going to kick me out. <laughs> I think he was out having a few life. too many beers with the rep last night. That's why he's uh, feeling a bit dusty. Yep. Hey, trying to butter up yep. the rep, are you? Get that sponsorship? Well done, Ash. I'm trying my best, but <laughs> it's fucking backfired today, boys. Uh, <laughs> tell, tell you what, lads. Don't actually mind that. The Got pastry. coffee and vanilla in there as well. Um, Have you learned how to that, split the atom yet? Aftertaste, but it's not bad. It's not bad. What, not do you sure. got, what do you got there, Drooby Doo? I just got a Forex gold, mate. Um, you know, just Ooh, to, are we in outback Queensland? No, right we now? are, man. <laughs> oh, she's gonna look. I've I've got uh, just You're like a, a crocodile black singlet <laughs> drinking a forex. <laughs> I, feel like he's, I feel like he's about to start yelling Queenslander at us. Do you need to leave so you can watch the NRL grand final? <laughs> <laughs> this is a Northern Territory singlet. I got it from a my honeymoon um, month or so ago, but I've just got some like roadies from. From work, like at the end of uh, work, when when you shear, basically the farm's like, oh, take a take a couple of beers, you know. It's just it's just kind of like common courtesy um, in that line of work, I guess. And I just like have like I got one forex gold here. I got a great northern. I just got like these cans that are left over that I don't necessarily need on the you know after work. So I'm just like, oh, I'll have them now because what happens with me is it just builds up over time. And I just got this fucking fridge full of just like random cans, which are probably like a year out of date. Um, Dan could probably attest to that. <laughs> Um, I can. I think, last time I, was, mm. I think last time I was there, we were drinking year, year old Furfies, actually. I remember I opened your fridge once. I can't remember why when I was at your place and I was like looking. I was like, is that one of the Carlton tries with a pool top? Certainly was. They were discontinued like a year ago. Mm. Yeah, and they taste like it too, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have one, thankfully. I fear for my life. I'd be in a worse state than I am now. Uh, I think. And I see Tom's on the Furfy, so at least someone's, you know, trying to that brand point. name alive. Someone's trying to. I might to not it. impress. Uh, um, I might not impress the rep, but you know, I'll certainly drink his beer. <laughs> <laughs> you buy it off him. He's uh, you keep him in a job. Exactly. All right. Let's uh, let's uh, talk about something that we actually forgot about last week. Was the the pack the Pakistan Pakistan scam Super League? It is a Pakistan. Um, yeah, the Super League, uh, whatever the, the cricket sort of organisation is over there, they tried to copyright us on Facebook for our Kraken Furfies episode a couple of uh, couple of weeks ago. So I sent a dispute and uh, the same week, well, the, the exact same hour actually, I said, oh, th- that's no worries, but we will copyright the next episode as well. <laughs> so I don't know, boys. When, when this came through, I'm like, what could we have said or what could we have had on the screen that the Pakistan 
Super League could have possibly caught us up in their sort of copyright algorithm. Because I got no idea. We didn't talk about cricket. We did talk about sports, but I don't know what would have triggered it. And it triggered it again last week, and we definitely didn't say jack shit about nothing last week. <laughs> yeah, because funnily enough, we actually didn't even bring it up during the no, episode. But the only of- thing that I can think about maybe um, last week was my head looks a little mm. bit like a tennis ball <laughs> and <laughs> backyard cricket. You know? Yeah, well. But, you know, this- it speaks nothing for the first time that we got flagged. Yeah, this this Pakistan Super League... They're, they're going out claiming copyright infringement on us when someone's lashed out at them for using songs without permission either. So Yeah, they've literally mm. just been embroiled in a copyright infringement scandal in the last week. And Dan sent this in our Discord channel and I just cracked up laughing. I was like, this is too good to be true. This is not a furphy. Zohib Hassan lashes out at Pakistan Super League for illegally using the song Disco Dwayne. Those cheeky mutts fucking trying to copyright <laughs> us and then they're like, you know what, these guys are onto something. Let's steal shit. <laughs> no. Boys, I won't stand for it whatsoever. I- I'm not gonna be bullied by the, the bloody the super league over there. I reckon it's just wrong. It's un- it's inhumane, if you ask me. It's just uh, it's a bit rubbish. We're we're <laughs> it's four a violation men of human rights. <laughs> <laughs> we're four men over here trying to record a podcast on bloody Facebook and they're just trying to take us down. What are we to them? They've got over a million followers on Twitter. And uh, I don't know, we have like six listeners. So I don't know what they're trying to prove. I think it was funny too, because when it happened, all four of us, like when you sent the screen cap of um, of the notification saying that we've been copyright infringed, well, we had infringed on copyright. All four of us were like, I've literally never heard of the Pakistan Super League until this exact moment. Mm. Yeah, and like after I found out about it, I actually bought a subscription. I really got into it. I love it, boys. I, it's, <laughs> no, not, not really. You, you've got to. Um, I don't know what would get me into cricket. Probably if it was a different sport or something else, that probably get probably, me into it. Probably, I'd say a ticket would get you in. Yeah, oh well, yeah, that, that would get me in. But get me invested in the in the atmosphere, oh, the culture. You know. Speaking of getting into um sporting oh, no. venues, I've got a brilliant <laughs> anecdote to tell. Quick tangent: When Tom and I were living together in Melbourne, Tom was working at the MCG, mm. and so. Megan and I, so Tom's girlfriend, Megan and I, went to go to a game and Tom it was working. So how he got in when he finished was he had to leave the venue and go back in with the ticket. And he had his work gear with him. Oh, I was kidding. <laughs> it was like, because he was like leaving work. He had his work I was gear packing. Yeah. And That's he walked real. out and went in. The girls get his ticket. And as that happened, he just dropped this massive fucking knife on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, oh shit, sorry. And just picked it up. And she was just looking, going like, I'm not fucking dealing with this. <laughs> there was at least like 50 people in the vicinity that all would have noticed it because it's a steel knife. And when it so hit the ground, loud. it just clanged. Yeah. And it was one of those moments where everyone kind of stopped, turned around and looked. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is sick. This is my work knife. I just chuck it back in the knife kit. You just picked it up, put it away and walked away. And she was just like, no, nah, I'm not paid enough to deal with this. <laughs> just this fucking psycho bringing in. this massive knife. Oh, my Jesus God. Christ. I think that is literally the, one of the funniest <laughs> moments of my life. Mm. She, um, you know, she did the right thing. There was no stabbing that night that I know of. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you, right. do you bring your own knife as a chef? You're like, you know, because 
you bring your own equipment and you like you know you know your your tools and that is that what that's all about pretty much so yeah. you know ash being a sparky he'd take wires he loves his wires and ohms yeah. <laughs> i bring my own electricity boys it's exactly yeah you know he brings his own ac and dc you know, we're, we're the same. Like we we don't <laughs> do, do very little with AC as a audible question. <laughs> I don't know. You know, you 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 got your certain knives that you like to work with, and you you know you bring yeah, them I've, around. I've got you, my, you um, drop them in front of people. And... I've got my cutting knives and my stabbing knives. They're separate. <laughs> <laughs> I usually drop those in crowded places. <laughs> Just you know, sports venues. Exactly. I think helps like, instill fear. People's that woman's exact job description was probably to stop things like that from happening. <laughs> yeah, she's just like, fuck that, man. Yeah. I'm the, fuck I'm, that. I'm the actual reason that they started lockdowns. They're like, there's someone out here that's going to do random stabbings. Let's shut the whole state down. When when you first brought up that story, I was expecting it to go somewhere really different, like, you know, having Tom's work clothes. I thought, yeah, I thought he was, was going to sneak yeah, in. Yeah, I thought you were going to sneak in, like, oh, I don't have a ticket. So don't worry, I've got this uh, outfit and you can, like, sneak in. Yeah, I just, you're working I just forgot, in. Something, forgot something in the kitchen. I'll be, I'll be back out. And then you just don't. But no, it's just like, I, oh, I was, fuck, I was my dressed knife. as a nurse, <laughs> a sexy nurse. He was wearing the chef hat and everything. There was a rat in there pulling his hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he shaved it off. It kept happening to him. Yeah, he's, he's sick of rats pulling it. Yeah. <laughs> I kept getting piloted by a, you know, a marsupial. <laughs> what rats up, marsupials? <laughs> I know, but we're not in France either, so. Oh, no, he had a possum. He had like a massive possum <laughs> just on his head. It was just a fucking kangaroo in his hat. Oh, no, not a kangaroo. That'd be. It's just a sugar glider gnawing on my ear. <laughs> hey, that'd be cool. I'll I'll go and watch that in the cinema, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah, Sugar Glider. It's so cute. I would. I wonder if that one would be a tear jerker. Oh man, it'll be something. It'll be a something jerker. That's for sure. <laughs> Pulling very different hairs. I see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, this this has gone askew. <laughs> yeah. All right, bringing that bringing it back to the Pakistan Super League. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot all about that. <laughs> yeah, I say we we start our own league. Our own um, sub super league, and we, we try and outplay them, or we challenge yeah. their four best cricketers <laughs> to a life or death stakes match of cricket. Oh no! Please no! Not uh, life or death. <laughs> I don't like our odds. I can't play. Sure. I can't. I can't play cricket at all. I, well, if someone I bowls at me, I'm like, holy fuck! I don't want to get hit by that, and I can't hit. I don't the, think I've I ever played cricket with anything except the tennis ball. So, yeah, I don't know probably, how, yeah, how that would go for me. That's fine. I've, play, I've played indoor before. Um, I got a top score of minus seventeen because <laughs> when every time you get out, you lose runs. Were you playing um, on golf uh, rules? <laughs> I hope. No, every, every time you get out, you lose runs. Were you playing? Uh, I got a out table a tennis paddle. Like, how did you get out so many I was not good. <laughs> no, I'll, yeah, I'll be no different, man. No, I, I'd probably be worse. So I don't know why I'm here fucking just giving you some for it. I think I'd try and play baseball rules and just get, get hit by the ball and maybe crack a few ribs. I might be able to walk a few bases. <laughs> He's ducking it. <laughs> See, I right. I know about baseball because it's from bench warmers. <laughs> shall, shall we um, proceed? You know, crack a few cheeky furfies. I reckon we better crack a few furfies, boys. Oh. 
So who uh, wants to go first? I reckon um, Tom or I should go first since Dan has two to fill in for Ash's absence. For a shell of a man. Yeah, I am literally dead weight this week. I was not even going to be a part of the podcast until five minutes before it started. I was like, I have a little bit of life in me. Did I'll you go and have a sparkling how I go. mineral water or something? Is that what happened, Ash? You just like felt hydrated, ready to go? No, funnily enough, I was actually in a Zoom catch-up with some of my friends from Melbourne because we can't catch up in person. Mm-hmm. And um, we were playing Jackbox and I was like, guys, I think I'm going to have to bail. I'm feeling too sick. But instead, I connected my wireless headset and I played Jackbox from my bed. <laughs> <laughs> it was it worked pretty well, actually. <laughs> so that's what I was doing. Very well. Very well. Well, I'd, I'd play rock, paper, scissors, but it's not very conducive to an audio uh, based <laughs> No, we can, kind of thing. we can do it. Right, so you're at the, um, the host, Ruby. You make the call. No, we're going. We're doing rock paper scissors, Tom. So oh, all right, let's do it. Um, so well, hold on, just very quickly. Do you guys say rock paper scissors or paper scissors rock? Rock, rock paper, paper scissors. scissors. Yeah, or it's, it's a very say... South Australian thing because nobody in WA says rock paper scissors. Always paper scissors rock over there. I was like, That's you guys are backwards are inbred. Yeah, Does well, anyone say rock, paper, scissors, shoot? Because I don't, but I know people that do. I don't, but no. I saw people saying it last night, actually. <clears throat> and it's also, it's like mm. rock, paper, scissors, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. You shoot on the last one. Yeah. Rock, paper, scissors. But, well, you can't see that if you're listening. Um, yeah. But, like, also, they don't do it like that, like real snappy. It's paper, scissors, rock. And I'm like, you guys Oh, no, just, no. I can't handle this. No bueno. No that bueno. Is- they are the worst people. <laughs> I'll be uh, sure to let them know. <laughs> all right. So this is how we're going to do it on the podcast, Tom. Obviously, if we just hold our hands up, it's going to be awful for the audio audio listeners. So just think of uh, what you're going to um, put out there, whether it's scissors, yep. paper, or rock, and we'll yep. just say it at the same time. So ready? On, on three, two, one, go. That's when we'll say it. All right. So three, two, one, paper. Paper. Oh. We'll go again. Three, two, one, rock. Paper. Well, fuck you, you said hey. that after, but whatever, that works. So do you want to go first or um, after? I want you to go first. All right, all right. So. You got this. The podfather will breach. <laughs> Rond will breach it. <laughs> all right, so three stories as usual. What order should I put them in? All right, so story number one is horse rescued from Port Stephens Canal. Story number three is three-year-old Clydesdale gives miracle birth to triplets at Stud Farm in Scotland. And story number three, jumps racing to be removed from South Australia's racing calendar from next year. So obviously all of these stories are horse-based, horse-themed. It got sort of inspired by all of the rubbish that's going around with um, horse dewormer trying to, you know, cure coronavirus. I think that's the one that's most unbelievable, which is unfortunately true. Is it into into Myvin or whatever it is? Ivermectin. Yeah, Ivermectin. That's mm-hmm. it. So yeah, that that one sounds like the fakest of all of them, but it's not. But these are some other just purely horse based furfies to chuck out there. So um, boys, what just are we thinking? Quickly, do you mm. hate the number two? <laughs> did I did I not say number two? You no, you said number, number three twice. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, I've got them listed here, but I mixed them up, so I don't have it like one, two, three. Uh, right. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Can right. confirm. So I'm sorry about that. Number two. Right, boys. I don't do have it. anything against number two. 
<laughs> so <laughs> any more unlucky number. Do you want me to go through them all and give you information? Give you yes. the dot points. I so, do. So story number one, a horse rescued from Port Stephens Canal. So three dot points for each story. A horse has escaped serious inju- injury after being rescued from a canal in Port Stephens. Under the supervision of a vet, firefighters from uh, Port Stephens and New Lambton used a harness to pull the horse up from the side of the canal. The horse named Daisy is now being checked over by the vet, but appears to be unharmed. So a nice little story. Can I just ask, where yes. is Port Stephens? Um, it's just above, um, it's in New South Wales, just above uh, okay. uh, Newcastle. It's in the Stephen universe. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I hate myself too. It's fine. I love you, Tom. Uh, right, I love you too, Tom. Story number two. So the three-year-old Clydesdale gives birth, a miracle birth to triplets at Stud Farm in Scotland. Uh, a very unusual occurrence as horses reach maturity at four years old and triplets are very rare. Fifth generation Angus Wilson at Wilson Clydesdales was shocked uh, when the vet performed the ultrasound revealing the three foals growing inside Belle's belly. So I guess the horse's name was Belle. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's his wife. She's just growing horses inside her. Yeah, well. She's had too much horse dewormer. Yeah, well, that, that's, a, yeah, that, that's something, Dan. Um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, two of the foals were born naturally, though unfortunately a cesarean was needed for the third as it was backwards. And they're all healthily now in the paddock and mum is recovering from the historic birth. And story number three, jumps racing to be removed from South Australia's racing calendar from next year. Uh, Racing SA has removed jumps racing from next year's racing schedule. Participation in jumps racing has been declining for some time and protesters have long called for jumps racing to be banned in South Australia. So they are my three stories, boys. What are we thinking is the furphy? Um, I just want so to point there out... There is one of them that I do know is true, so... Mm-hmm. I just want to point out that, funnily enough, after saying that you will breach the first round, I'm pretty sure the technical term for something being born backwards is breach. Yep. I can <laughs> confirm. I just wanted to point that out. I thought that was kind of funny. I mean, it's not funny that it was breach. It was just funny that that happened to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm digging a hole. Let's continue. No, no, dig. Up. Take the shovel off, Ash. <laughs> I could not stand to dig a hole at the moment, I don't think. They could not stand at the moment. 911, yep. Yeah, yeah. Ash's sense of humor. Yeah, yeah, they need help. <laughs> Yes, another uh, visual gag for our audio podcast. <laughs> How many can we fit in? Plenty, I'm sure. Plenty. Tom was on the phone to someone. <laughs> my, well, my headphones are on the phone. Yeah. God. All right. Let's please continue. All right. <laughs> so, what are we thinking? I want to go with number three, but I want to go with the last number three. I think it, it was the show jumping. Is the um, Yeah. Okay. I. I the only reason I'm saying this is because you said the name Angus and Angus is a very Scottish name and Clydesdale is a very Scottish horse. So mm. <laughs> that's the only reason I'm basing it on that. All right. What do you think I... of Mr. Shell of a man? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm thinking I shouldn't have drank so much last night, but I'm also <laughs> thinking that 
the one that Thomas picked as the furphy is actually true because I know that show jumping is generally very protested against because it's like really bad for the horses. Lots of horses die during it and things like that. And it's just not very popular anymore. It's very good um, for the glue industry though. <laughs> Don't forget the dog meat. Um, <laughs> Dog's got to eat, man. Dog's got to eat. Dog does have to eat. Doesn't have to be horse, um, but it has to eat. <laughs> I also jump, think that the... The, the first one is true, so I'm going to go with number two. Number two? Th- the only reason I think the first one is true is because it's just such a weird one to come up with if it's fake. But, yeah, I have no other reason to think so than that, so I'm going to go with number two. Number two? Yeah. The Clydesdale birth? I think I'm also going to go with the, the Clydesdale. Um, no, no real reason. Just the first <laughs> one seems kind of... Oh, I can see a cheeky grin coming on your face there. Yeah, oh, he's he fooled us. He's fooled us. He's fooled us. That's a frothy oh, furphy. He said I'm going with number two, but number one feels like a very low-key story. It was a low-key story. So, boys, number two was the furphy. Congratulations. Hey. You cracked it. Apart from Tom. No celebrations <laughs> for him. Sorry, mate. No. No. Got to get someone, though. You usually get me, so fucking, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've been banned to the smokers area. <laughs> yeah, well, the smokers area, the thing is about the smokers area at the pub, boys, is it's usually like the nice place outside, nice balcony and that, but the smokers always fucking stinking it up, you know? Yeah. We've got to keep the pushing them out further onto the road until they're down the street somewhere, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I think that they should just be publicly executed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> that's a, that that's a that's a tank that's a tank um so yes next week's news headline <laughs> podcaster <laughs> executes smoker in broad daylight <laughs> well someone's got to make an example of them yeah well i guess it can be you um so three-year-old uh clydesdale gives miracle birth so yes i did come up with that one um i was just thinking like all right i want it horse themed and i was looking up like a when a horse actually has is actually able to reproduce, and it's four years old, so three years is a is a year before um, when it can nat- actually naturally That's why it's give a birth. Yeah, and uh, e- even twins are extremely uh, extremely rare in in horses. So I think it is said on Google that horses. Um, I think the rate of a successful triplets in horses was. Um, so like one in three hundred thousand. So it's just like extreme, <laughs> extremely rare. So for this to actually happen would just be like be nuts. But I'm sure it's happened somewhere, but not Scott. It's also got a higher percentage of furfies that I've guessed correctly on this show. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, story number one that was pretty straightforward. I pretty much said everything that needed to be said on that. But the first one is actually the more interesting one. That's the first story I came across, and that was from abc.net.au talking about the South Australian um, uh, uh, jumping racing. And, you know, I was looking it up on YouTube before we did the podcast, and fucking hell, some of these uh, races are extremely graphic, just like the horses are going as fast as they can all jumping over these jumps and just like the crashes they have is just insane and yeah yeah, the amount of horses that you know just like they break a leg then you know there's there's no mending it unless it's like an extremely valuable horse it's just like you know it's not going to heal it's not going to make them any money afterwards so it's just it's just killed off to the glue factory yeah or just wherever it needs to go i guess but it's just extremely sad and it is a good thing i think they've got rid of this because you know there's 
there's there's racing horses and you know there's the whole industry around that but then there's you know really like doing what they're doing to these horses which is pretty sad and um, ultimately they um, did stop it just because of the the, uh, decline in the people watching it and the amount of money they're raising from it so I don't think it was so much people saying hey this is bad people just like stopped supporting it with their money and the industry sort of reacted to that so it's a good story of just how to you know vote with your wallet in some sense if you don't like it don't go and watch it don't support it don't bet on it all that and just watch horses run in a straight line or or (laughs) around the oval and call it a day you know you don't have to don't have to see them jump but i don't know it might it's like those old episodes i remember when i was a kid i used to love the episodes of thomas the tank engine when the the trains had a crash so you know there might, there might be the same <laughs> <laughs> might be the same mentality with horse jumping i think the big difference in that is you know the the trains were fictional and they didn't have sentient life of course and feel any pain of course so. well you don't know that tom you don't this know is that. True. You don't know. They don't feel pain. I'm pretty sure Thomas once or twice. Thomas went, isn't Ouch. real. Thomas can't hurt you. <laughs> but yeah, I think this is a, a good story all around. Anyway. Yeah. All right, well Dan. Done. Here we go. Go next. Round one. <clears throat> story number one. <laughs> Missing drunk man spent hours helping a search party look for himself. <laughs> Story Just number something two. I might have done last night. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out I... that, that is real because Ash was the man. Yeah, I can confirm that one. <laughs> <laughs> Story number two. Suriname vice president plays in CONCACAF league soccer match at 60 years old. And story number three. Chilean city Puerto Montt holds world, world first fish fight festival. Now, I'm going to assume you all want to hear more. Yes. No, I want to just fight with fish right now. (laughs) Fair. Very fair. Story number one. A missing man in Turkey accidentally joined his own search party and looked for himself for hours before he realized he was the target of the rescue mission. Had no one else noticed he was there either. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen this man? I'm looking at him. uh... No, I've never seen him before in my life. They just held a mirror up to him and it's like, have you seen this person? (laughs) (laughs) According to local media reports, Behan Mutlu, a 50-year-old man from a rural region in Turkey, was out drinking with his friends when he wandered off into a nearby forest and didn't return. Worried about him, his friends then alerted the authorities who set up a search and rescue to find him. According to the Turkish channel NTV, when news of the missing man got out, efforts to find him intensified in nearby neighborhoods, with a large group of volunteers suddenly joining the mission. This, this search party was calling out Mutlu's name for hours, and suddenly a man spoke from within the group and was like, Who are we looking for? I'm right here. <laughs> it is unclear how Mutlu found himself in his own search party or how his friends didn't realize he was right there the whole time. Look, it's Mutlu! There he is! <laughs> it's me, Mutlu. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now the soccer-playing 60-year-old vice president. Just quickly as well, isn't that a very odd thing to do, even if you are really drunk? Like, who gets really drunk and just wanders into the woods? <laughs> I mean, people do tend to do weird, strange things when they're drunk oh, and just this... wander off. Fairy oh, tale characters, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the Suriname vice president. Father Time is undefeated. 
But nobody tell that to the vice president of Suriname, Ronnie Brunswick. Brunswick, who owns Inter Mogendpo, captain and played for his team on Tuesday night for a total of 54 minutes against Olympia in a CONCACAF league match. Brunswick is 60 years old. Brunswick has led an interesting life in the small South American country that puts the most this most recent move into perspective. According to a profile, he has been an elite paratrooper, a soccer player, a wanted bank robber, a guerrilla leader, a gold baron, and a father to at least 50 children during his lifetime. He's also been convicted of drug trafficking in Europe, but has helped bring democracy to Suriname. He's been questioned on where he's earned his wealth by some, but also has a reputation for generosity. An example being he used to, used to shower his supporters with money while in a helicopter from overhead. So I guess you could say they were golden showers. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and now the fish fight. <laughs> the Chilean city of Puerto Montt has come up with a novel idea to celebrate its fishing heritage, coming up with a festival of flying fish. The Festival de la Lucha de Peces will be held on December 5th in the Plaza de Armas de Puerto Montt. It will celebrate the fishing industry, which has allowed the city to thrive and become one of the world's largest producers of salmon. Amongst exhibits from local artists and vendors, the festival will hold a gigantic food fight. Participants will be encouraged to slap each other in the face with a fish or pelt each other with sardines and anchovies. For those not wanting to go home smelling a fish, there will be a huge soapy water fight afterwards. Puerto Montt will be hoping the event will bring curious tourists from all over South America and highlight their local fishermen's catch as some of the best and freshest on the continent. Now that sounds like the sort of like really bad script writing for a porno. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, there's a big soapy water fight after the fish fight. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you need to get cleaned up, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Very different kind of white foam in those films, though. Very different. <laughs> God <sighs> damn it. <laughs> now, I don't know. I want so badly for number two to be real. Can I just ask? I am very confused because when you said it at the beginning, I figured Suriname was like a um, some sort of company. company but now yeah. I'm thinking it's a country. <laughs> It is a country. It's right. I've I never heard it of is, it. I believe it's between Venezuela and Colombia, off the top of my head. Mm, well, so right at the top of South America. That guy. I mean, that one can't be true because you said he was a guerrilla leader, leader. But we all know the only gorilla gorilla, <laughs> We all know the only guerrilla leader is Harambe. So <laughs> <laughs> he's doing God's sleep now. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, I don't know here. They all, they're all very far-fetched. Maybe that's what I need to start doing. Rather than trying to go for realistic, just go ridiculous. Well, I don't know. Man Bites Dog was pretty ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) But I'll have you know, a day after, maybe two days after we did that, I found, I think this is where I subconsciously picked it up. There was a game in a shopping center near where I live. And it had, (laughs) yeah, Man Bites Dog on the thing. And I I remember sending a photo to a group chat that had Ash in it. I said, see, I knew it was real. Yeah, I do actually remember that. Was that a game? 
Well, yeah, I think it's something to do with like making up weird headlines. Pretty much what we do, but uh, less cool. I've actually oh, played that, that copyright strike. I've played that game before. It is actually really funny. I just imagine you go into like uh, EB Games and on Game Boy Advance, just men eat dog or men bite dog. <laughs> You're like, oh, I'll buy that. It's just like a nice two D uh, action platforming. You're just a dog biting people <laughs> or a man biting no, dogs. It, it's it's a, like a card game, kind of like Cards Against Humanity. So you'd probably get it from Zing. You could still get it from EB Games. Mm-hmm. True, true. Um, I, okay, I'm just going to have a stab here. I think... What was story number one again? <laughs> story number one was the drunk man in his own search That's party. Right. I'm going to go with that one because it's the least weird one. <laughs> and I feel like you're, it's a red herring, I, I, feel, I feel. Because you said herring, I'm going to go with number three. <laughs> <laughs> What are you just, thinking? Just basing it off what you're saying, really. <laughs> That's a terrible way to do this, but be my guest. Speaking Mate, of terrible I, ways to do this, I'm going to go number two, just so we <laughs> one of us get him. You know, basis. he doesn't uh, get away with this. All right, <laughs> it's Tom Foolery can confirm that Tom has picked the frothy thirst. Hey. There is no fight fish fight festival, which does mean there is a 60 year old vice president playing soccer in Suriname. And there was a Turkish man so drunk he didn't realize he was looking for himself. I um, I kind of uh, thought see? that now that's a frothy thirst. I kind of thought that it <laughs> might have been the third one when you were saying the names of all the places. I was like, this is just the most stereotypical South American, like Spanish names I've ever heard. Like it's all just <laughs> it sounds like rubbish to me. I know. I looked them all up on Google Maps though. But <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Uh, eat my words. First rule about <laughs> fish clubs: you don't talk about fish clubs. <laughs> Uh, We've had a lot of um, Fight Club jokes today. <laughs> Maybe you should finally watch the movie. movie. Yeah. Mm. I already know what happens at the end, so it kind of spoils it. Mm. Yeah. Well, literally, it is a spoiler. <laughs> All right, Tom. What you got for us this week, mate? All right. Prepare to be extremely disappointed with my stories this week. Okay, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, okay, so story number one. Koalas wearing Fitbits in the Adelaide Hills as researchers develop facial recognition software. Uh, the this second story is Flinders University lecturer in animal behavior. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> I'm reading the bottom thing of that. Never mind. Uh, Shearer's shortage driving record prices for Australian white shedding sheep. I feel like Drew's going to know if that one's yeah. true or false, but continue. I think well, maybe that's why that I may have put it in there. Uh, and the third story is Bilby numbers soar due to Australian lockdowns. Oh, fuck, I hope so. I love Bilbies. Yeah, me too. I'm a big fan of the Bilby. Really Did you guys ever get like, in for whatever reason, in Australian primary schools, they tell you that we don't have the Easter Bunny in Australia, we have the Easter Bilby? Did you guys yep. get that as well? Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Like, you can get like yeah. chocolate Easter bilbies from like Hague's and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we so got told what? we had the Easter bilby, but I never got told there wasn't the Easter bunny. I just assumed there was the Easter bilby and the Easter bunny doing their separate working thing. Together. Yeah, they worked together. They were, they not, were accomplices, you say. <laughs> not, not working together, but you know, they're doing their own thing. So the Easter bunny comes and like drops a couple of eggs. Then the Easter, the Easter bilby makes Tom cook <laughs> by pulling his hair. <laughs> <laughs> I had a little plush bilby that I absolutely loved when I was a kid. I used to sleep with it and cuddle it and you know all that stuff a, a kid I used to does have a plush platypus that i loved i'm a oh. huge platypus fan oh platypus are so cute aren't they 
Did you know that they're venomous? Male platypuses have <laughs> splines yes. behind their flippers and I they're did. venomous. <laughs> so I don't I love go the and- word splines. <laughs> <laughs> you, Ash, you want to see my spline? Oh, boys, do you want me to give you some of the venom from my spline? <laughs> oh, I'm going to inject you with my spline. You'll feel so sleepy <laughs> afterwards. Here we go, right, boys. I, I think this Why does the Pakistan Super League want to claim ownership of this? <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's, that's going to trigger it. One of the players is like, spline's my word. <laughs> All yeah, right, he so screams it out every time he gets a, like, wicket. Spline! <laughs> Get spawned, motherfucker! Inject <laughs> <laughs> you with me venom. All right, Drew, Drew, what do you think of this story about the shearing? Um, uh, there's, there's, there's definitely a shearing shortage, that's for sure. Um, uh, a lot of people aren't able to move around the country. States are locked down. New Zealand is where a lot of the shearers come from for our season. They come over and, you know, they can't come over at the moment either. And... In, even if they can, because I think they can if they want to quarantine and stuff, but it's not worth their time and not to quarantine and stuff. Because if you come over two two months and you've got to quarantine for two weeks, it's a bit, yeah, you know, especially a bit on the way back too. So it's a yeah, you're better off just staying home. Because I think that they actually got a price increase a couple of years ago over there. They used to come over here because our dollar was stronger and they also got paid more. So great incentive to come over to Australia. Whereas the incentive isn't um, isn't quite as strong as it was, so I don't know about the bit at the end with the shedding sheep though. I don't know how Tom's uh, you know put that one in there. Whether he's just like, oh well, there is a shearing shortage, but maybe the shedding sheep. You don't know when she is the shedding sheep because they don't need shearing. I don't know what bullshit Tom's trying to pull over here. I do know like. <laughs> Um, a breed around here, um, the Aussie Whites, you don't have to shear them. But for the first couple of years, you do have to sort of like neaten them up because they've got like scruffs on their back and that you've got to like get off. And then when they're a bit older, they sort of just shed it all off and look a bit more so they, neat. Can I they also say? grow venomous splines out of their cheekbones. Fuck, I hope not. Just trying to hold a venomous sheep. That sounds awful. I also just want to say, Aussie White is the least creative species name I've ever heard. Yeah, it's not great. It's um, it's also like a, it's a relatively new breed, I guess. From may I remind you some of the you know, the things Australian name things about. We have in our home region, we have the Blue Lake, <laughs> the little we have Blue Lake, the little Blue. We have Ayers Rock, which is essentially a rock that ascends into the air. But that's named after someone. It's A-Y-E-R. Also, it all goes by Uluru now anyway because yeah, it is, white it people is are awful. Yeah. But think about how creative we are. Well, Tom. The valley left. I get it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you, you probably wouldn't know, but you got super loud for no re- apparent reason when you were saying that. <laughs> Oh, I think it's just because I was offended. Tom peaked. He peaked <laughs> no, audio I it, and just... I think he just moved closer to your microphone and it just came so. through for us really weird. Um, so, Do you want to hear more? I've got, you know... Yeah, tell us more about your stories there, Tom. about the Bilbies. Give us some info. All right. So, uh, Koala's wearing Fitbits. The tendency <laughs> for some humans to measure their steps, heart rate, and running distance through wrist-worn sensory gadgets before posting such data on social media is well known. But who knew a group of about 40 koalas in Clayland Wildlife Park in Adelaide Hills were also wearing such tech-savvy devices? 
black ones because it was the only color they could tolerate. <laughs> Flinders University lecturer in animal behavior, Di- Diane Columbelli Negril, said Fitbits were supplying her team of researchers with data as a non-invasive way to measure the marsupial's psychological response sorry, response to human monitoring. So um, that's the real reason Gladys Berejiklian's resigned. She's heard that people are trying to do good things for koalas and she's like, mm. no, nah, i got to do something about this. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's, <laughs> she's actually the reason, you know, she flew over to Adelaide uh, Airport. She's been she's quarantined the, there. She's the, um, the case in Mac yeah. Gambia. There we go. You heard it here, folks. She's going to kill some koalas and brought COVID with her. <laughs> now that's some furfy if I've ever chicken. fucking heard one. To <laughs> 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 spread some shit. <laughs> Forget yeah. seal clubbing. She's going koala clubbing. I'm just, we're officially running a smear campaign. Fish <laughs> uh, has already done that to herself. Allegedly, boys. So, allegedly. Everything allegedly. is fine as long as you say allegedly at the end of it. Um, all right. So yes. you want uh, some, info, and some on info on the sheep? Yes, please. All right. So a ram sale on the New South Wales Central Tablelands has rewritten the record books as interest in shedding sheep reaches new heights. A top-priced top ram at the 8th eighth, eighth annual Taddy Keel Australian White Stud near Oberon sold for $165,000 to Flaxley Australian White Stud in South Australia. The record ram named White Gold set an Australian record across all meat sheep breeds, but there were several other rams for sale that also would have broken old record sales. Stud rams averaged about 40k and flock rams averaged about 15. Auctioneer Miles Fitzner said he was speechless after the sale, which grossed about grossed more than 5.5 million in total. The Australian white breed was developed by Taddy Kill almost a decade ago, and in recent months, strong demand has seen several records broken. So there was a little bit more information down here. These aren't uh, sheep that are bred for their wool. They're bred for meat purposes, so that's that's why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just um, happened to notice because I've got the, the, the Facebook stream on my phone just sitting there, so... I can see the captions because I really like watching them because they're funny a lot of the time. When you said 5.5 million, it did 5.5 and then just a load of zeros. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not how you write 5.5 million. <laughs> no, it tried. It tried. So it basically just wrote 5.5. <laughs> um, anyway, sorry, continue. I don't know. Like, I think this one's real because obviously if this is a furphy... Tom's done his research. Uh, whether he's uh, made up the numbers or not, I don't know. But, you know, Tadakule is a real stud here in South Australia and um, all of that. So Tom, Tom is quite good at doing whether, research. Whether, he just, whether he's just planting planting it for me, like, I don't know. The, the double bluff. Let's get that, thing, that yeah. shearer caught in the firth. Yeah. But also, with the... Um, that's, the sh- that story had nothing to do with shearing, by the way. It was just a ram sale, so... It, with the ram being called white gold, now we can move on to white golden showers. <laughs> oh god! You can do what you want, Ash, and it's free time, mate. But don't bring it. Don't put it on us. All right, <laughs> and some bilbs. Shall we? Shall we talk about everyone's favourite animal, the quokka? <laughs> According to Pax, it is. That's true. Very true. It's no longer the ibis. Um, <laughs> all right. So bilby numbers soar due to Australian lockdowns. Uh, a recent study 
undertaken by the University of Canberra has shown that key points around Australia have seen bilby numbers soar. The, the researchers in charge, Jenny Mansfield and uh, Lachlan Downs, have Downey. put put into number that it seems to be a rapid growth of bilbies, uh, wild bilbies born in a recent year due to... <laughs> Are you making this up on the spot? He can't read his own writing here. <laughs> I can't read my own writing. <laughs> it's uh, funny because he typed it. <laughs> it's true. It's so hard to read when you got wingdings down there. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. The numbers have soared due to... I love wingdings. Uh, you know, the... Wildlife preservationists not being able to conduct their things, uh, checks due to being locked down and not being able to move out where they normally would be. Suspicious. All right. it's very very suspicious. suspicious. The numbers have soared because the wildlife people can't check to see if they've actually soared. Interesting. So um, also I forgot to mention this at the start. I know that one of these stories is true, so I'll let you guys answer first. Mm. Well, I'm going to look in number three. Number three. Um, I'm not going to go for number two. No, Tom Tom really could have planted some bullshit for me. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's that, that's true. But he might have like some little factor in there, like the actual price of the RAM and stuff. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm not going to go for it because I, I always overthink these and it bites me in the ass every single time. So now that I've said that, you bastards are going to come around next week and really fuck me up. So... <laughs> Now I'm going to double think myself next week, so don't even think about it, boys. Um, <laughs> um, so I won't go for that one. What's number one again? Just remind me of that. Are the koalas wearing Fitbits Fit in the Adelaide Hills? Yeah, I know. I know that they they get monitored. I don't know how how good a Fitbit would be for a koala. Being like, are there is their pulse in the same spot? Is, See, is like, this is what I was thinking? Like you know, is it able bluffing us? Yeah, because. <clears throat> Yes. Trying to give nothing away. Look yeah. <laughs> face. Looking at Tom's eyes. <laughs> he's glazed over. Face. I think he's dead. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Don't die, Tom. Don't. Love of God. I've overcome a crippling addiction known as dumb face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go for number... I'm going to go for number... I don't know. Just... So I'm going to go for number one and number three, but just like with how Tom read that last one, I'm like, was it just like a poorly written, was it his poorly written article that he couldn't read or was it someone else's that he couldn't or make sense I of? did read it poorly on purpose? Yeah, well. The plot thickens. I think you're saying that just to complicate shit. I, I don't <laughs> think you did. Plot thickens. I like how like we fought, we rewind 30 seconds. Drew's like, I'm not going to overthink it this time. <laughs> Here we Comments fucking are. didn't age well. <laughs> hey, I said I'm not going to overthink number two. I'll fucking uh, double overthink, I'll overthink the other two. the other ones as much as I fucking want. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go number one because why not? Why not? Okay. Well, the one that I know is true is number one. Fuck! <laughs> so, <laughs> I number three. Go for... <laughs> I'm going to go for number two because I think I remember reading at a zoo maybe that one of the big reasons that bilbies were like endangered was from being run over. 
And I feel like with lockdowns, it actually might have allowed their numbers to explode mm. because there's not many people on the roads. And I know that number one is true. So I'm going to go with number two just based on that. But that it, I guess it doesn't really matter. Tom, if it's number two, Probably I'm right. going to be fucking very unhappy with you. <laughs> you planting bastard. I can, I can tell you that, in fact, Dan has picked the frothy furthy. As much as I wish the bilbs have come back, you've got to wait for Easter time to that. <laughs> or we just need Tom to cook us something. Ah, <laughs> oh, you see? Now that's a frothy firth. That was barman fucking hell. That was, that was tasty. I, I, I had to drop that in there because I've been baited with soccer stories. People have been baited with other things they know a lot about. So I feel like dropping that in there every now and then is just mm. going to tempt that person to steer clear of it. Yeah. Freak him out. <laughs> Fucking the freak me out. Scared the shit out of me, that's for right. sure. And now we'll move on to we'll move on to Ash's round. <laughs> My round by proxy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan. What you got for us for uh, your right. second round? Story number four. Art Museum opens in Bratislava, displays nothing but paintings of sausages and bratwurst. Story number two. An unnecessarily sexy statue is provoking some strong feelings in Italy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Italian stallion on the page. Or story statue of David Langley. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) And story number six. A museum says they gave an artist $84,000 in cash to use in an artwork. He delivered blank canvases and titled them Take the Money and Run. <laughs> All right. Uh, just again, I know that one of these is true. Oh, fucking so hell, Ash. I shall let. <laughs> this man's too well you read. You answer first. Ash, I just, I just want to ask, what is your relationship with the internet do you just sit there and just look at random <laughs> shit or like what's what's going on why do you know so much of this stuff no, okay so or is it just because i'm dumb this, but i don't know it? <laughs> a lot of these things i actually hear about on other podcasts funnily enough so i've heard about one of those stories i nearly said which story it was without thinking Ooh. i've heard about one of these stories on the matt and alex podcast but yeah that's the only reason i know it okay so right. listen to would matt like and alex to, would you like to hear more yes dan yes we would all right the Sausage Museum. Art comes in many shapes and forms, but the Bratislava Art History Galleries, the Bratislavska Galeria Dejan Eumenia, whose first exhibit is concerned with just one, the shape of the sausage. The gallery is celebrating its opening with a showing from Slovak painter Joseph Mekla and his exhibit Forma Klobasi, in English, the form of the sausage. Mekla's work shows sausages in there. I can hear Ash laughing in the back. <laughs> Sorry, I need to bring this up. I looked at it because I knew it was going to come up really wrong. When you said that, I was like, I need to see what the captions say for this. And when you said Bratislava, it said practice lava. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. <laughs> Fucking Facebook's automatic just uh, captions are more fun for the actual content itself. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Meckler's work shows sausages in various settings from simple still life to renaissance style works or portraits the artist says he's looking to find ways to express his appreciations for a humble food which is incredibly versatile and a favourite of many Slovaks it's not the first time Meckler has drawn inspiration from his dinner table 
a landscape painting called Rhapsodia Ruina Schnitzel <laughs> sold in 2016 for a sum of 350,000 euros. Jesus. The Bratislavska Galeria Dayan Eumenia is on Mudra Nova Road and open from 11 p.m. to 5 p.m. All right, now to the sexy statue. At a ceremony on Saturday in the southern province of Salerno, former Italian Prime Minister Giuseppe Conte unveiled a brand new statue sculpted in tribute to an 1857 poem written by, by Luigi Mercantini. Are we back to throwing baguettes this this week or what? <laughs> no spaghetti. <laughs> baguettes, are, baguettes are French. Mm. <laughs> Garlic the bread. Sculpt- Garlic bread, that's what we're throwing. <laughs> The sculpture, depicting the poem's narrator, doesn't quite look like how Italians were expecting. One photo in particular showing Conte and a group of other male dignitaries admiring the statue has gone viral in Italy as Aglina deftly covers her breasts with one hand and looks behind her at the sea, with the imagined sea breeze revealing the curvature of her bum to the assembled politicians. And then... <laughs> Tom's just demonstrating for us the shape of the statue. I feel like Betty Boop. <laughs> All right. And the $84,000 in cash. A Danish artist was given $84,000 by a museum to use in a work of art. When he delivered the piece he was supposed to make, it was not as promised. Instead, the artist, Jans Hanig, gave the Kunsten Museum of Modern Art in Aalborg, Denmark, two blank canvases and said they were titled Take the Money and Run. <laughs> Hanig was asked to recreate two of his previous works. 2010's an average Danish annual income and an average Austrian annual income, first exhibited in 2007. Both used actual cash to show the average incomes of the two countries, according to a news release from the artists. In addition, for compensation for the work, Haning was also given banknotes to use in the work, museum director Lars Andersen told CBS News by email. The contract even stated the museum would give Hunting an additional 6,000 euros to update the work if needed, Anderson said. The Times works were initially exhibited. The Danish piece highlighted the average income of 328,000 kroner, approximately $37,800, while the average Austrian salary is around $29,000. That's kind of a dumb article. <laughs> Look right. at me go, I actually know which one of these is correct. You mean you know which one is fake? Is that no? What I know. I know which one of these stories is a real story. So it brings it to a fifty-fifty for me. Yeah, I know one of them's real as well. Well, I hate so Drew can go first. He's the only one that doesn't. Oh, just just fucking put me out there like <laughs> that. Just, just take the saddle off me and let me go into the woods. You know, <laughs> and you can search for yourself while you're in there. Yeah, I'm not drunk. I'm just dumb. Apparently. Um, <laughs> where am I? <laughs> um, uh, I've got no idea, Dan. I'm going to just take a, a bet with this. I can overthink it as much as we can, but going to go number three. Number three? Yeah, why not? Yep. All right. Tom, which one do you know is real? Hang on. I think we should both pick one before we say which one's real. Okay, okay, we okay. We both know that the other one... Like, if he knows the one that is real that I don't know, then I'll know which one it is. Yeah. So, I am going to stab at number one, I reckon. I think I, I have to go with number one as well. 
That's what I was leaning towards before he said it. And I don't want to do the thing where we cover all bases because if we're all wrong, then we deserve to all be wrong together. <laughs> all right. Also, just quickly, now that we've all picked one, uh, the one that I know is real <laughs> is number three. <laughs> yeah, same. I saw that and I was like, I wonder, should I put that in? And I'm That's- glad I didn't. Interesting, because I thought, because I would have thought the one you thought is real is number two, but number one is the Firth. There Ooh. is no sausage museum. But <sighs> I found story number two from Vice, which is why I thought you already have known about that one. Which one was story two again? Sorry, the sexy statue. Ah, right. Um, yeah, I, I thought that your place names again, red herring, because you did real obscure place names in your first Furphy. And I was like, I reckon he's done it again. That's the only <laughs> reason I did it. But I do actually, I know Bratislava is a real place. It's in East Germany, I think. It's the capital of Slovakia. Oh, Slovakia. Well, there you go. But yeah, I know that because of Eurotrip. <laughs> <laughs> what a film. What oh, a film. I love that film. Timeless classic. There's some good boobs in there when I was a young lad. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else is a timeless classic? Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't talk about it. That's night now. This is true. I'll watch it tonight if I can survive that long. But I think, oh, yeah, girl. good point, Ash. You actually made it through a whole episode. Yeah, well I'm still well alive. I'm actually feeling better, weirdly. Yeah, well, it's because you're talking about it. It's real. It's probably because I've just drank two bottles, two bottles, two cans of uh, bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Uh, well, my drink's almost empty, boys. I think that brings us to the end of the episode. Anything else we'd yeah. like to touch on before we head on our merry way? Well, I'd like to touch on Ash, but if he stays away. <laughs> not for three weeks. Yeah, he'll get, when he comes back, we'll get to touch him all we want, Tom. Just uh, caress yeah. his hair. Oh, actually, something I will bring up mm-hmm. just quickly. I don't actually know what I'm going to be allowed to, like how much stuff I'll be allowed to take into my hotel room when I go in, but if I can take my PC set up, which I'm fucking hoping I can because I'll go crazy if I can't. I am going to do a uh, 40-hour Twitch stream. Yeah, nice. I'm going okay. to do the, the Twitch Quarren stream. <laughs> I came up I with good it. branding and I had to reverse engineer the idea from there. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, if I can, I'm hopefully going to try and bang out a 40-hour stream because I've seen people do it before. I might try to... I don't know if I'll get anybody watching it, but if I do, I might try to raise a bit of money for charity when I do it. Well, so hopefully I can do that and I can get a few pe- few people watching. Raise yeah. money for the bilbies, help their population <laughs> explode. Man, 40 yeah. hour famine of being outside. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's seven? What's 14 times 24? <laughs> <laughs> you're only allowed to have barley sugars the whole time you're on stream. <laughs> what? Is that like a 40-hour famine rule? I don't really yeah. know what you're talking about. No, I, for some strange reason, it's always been something that's stuck in my head. My sister, um, she used to do the 40-hour famine when we were both in primary school. Mm. And um, it was something to do with uh, the countries she was supporting at the time. Gotcha. She, could ha- she could take in X amount of barley sugars to the 40-hour famine. And it was like, you do realize it's not really that long and you probably don't need that much food to eat. Like... <laughs> You know, it's like 40, hour, three, 40 three hours isn't like an, an insanely long time to not eat. It's not like that. It's a day a, day not for an Australian. No. For someone that's really struggling, yes, I get yeah, that. Obviously, but like, yeah. Those people might not have eaten in weeks and it's very hard for them. That's why we do this, to see yeah, how exactly. hard it is just to do it for 40 hours for us. 
Exactly. So, Ash, yeah. where can they uh, catch you doing the 40-hour famine? <laughs> uh, you'll catch me on my Twitch channel. I can't confirm whether I'll be able to do it until literally I get to my uh, hotel because I won't know what I'm allowed to take in and what I can't. But it'll be on my Twitch channel, which is goose goose underscore 23 because I'm obsessed with gooses for some reason. Gooses, <laughs> geese. <laughs> gooses. You'll be fine. Yeah. Well, if it does happen, I'll um, let people know on my Twitter and in the House of Mario Discord. So go and check that out. Keep Ash company when he's got fucking jack shit to do. Well, uh, I will be going crazy. <laughs> so you'll be able to watch my descend into insanity live. <laughs> <laughs> yes. For our entertainment. Keep, um, keep your eyes peeled on Drew's twits. On the twits. <laughs> Look that at my twits. That sounds sexual, and I always have my eyes peeled on Drew's twits. <laughs> yeah. speaking, speaking of the Discord, we could maybe get a little comment in the Cracking Furfies channel of, like, geese geese or Drew's twits. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a good idea like. for, for uh, my other like podcast, like The House of Mario, um, which is our Nintendo podcast. Geese, at geese. the end, we say, if you listen to the show, you got the whole way... Uh, go into the House of Mario Discord. I'll either invite the show notes if you're not a part of that or just on Twitter or Facebook. Leave the hashtag, uh, I don't know, Ash is a Goose. Quarren, there we go. Quarren stream. No, just Ash is a Goose. Yeah, if, if you know how this, if, I don't know how to spell that, Quarren stream. Is, is there a correct spelling <laughs> for Quarren stream? Just like, we we want to see all the creative ways you can spell Quarren stream. <laughs> Well, I, Tom is clearly not a linguist. Um, I'll have you know, like, I'm a cunning linguist. <laughs> oh, shut up. Q-U-A-R-A-N. Quarren. They'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. A-B-C-D. Yeah, it's just the alphabet. Just hashtag the alphabet. All right, boys. As the host, I'm kicking you out. I'll see you next week. All right, catch you. Hashtag Quran stream. It does look a lot like Quran, doesn't it? and Furfies is lovingly crafted and recorded in the southeast of South Australia. The show is produced and hosted by me, Drew Agnew, and my co-hosts are Ash Wallace, Daniel Treadray, and Thomas McRobert. If you enjoy my work here as well as on my other podcasts, The House of Mario, Encore at The House of Mario, and A Drew Story, Help spread the word by sharing us with a mate or leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you'd like to show further support and help me achieve my goal of freeing up one working day a week to spend more time refining and creating podcasts, please consider checking out patreon.com slash idruby where for only $1 you get access to my secret recordings where I share everything behind the scenes. A big thank you to the legend DJ for supporting the content at the podcast producer level on Patreon. From the bottom of my heart, thank you.